Welcome to the NNN Podcast. This is the podcast where podcast things happen. Nick, how are you? Doing pretty good today yourself. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing just the same about as you, you know, same <laughs> names, same attitudes. Uh, you know, what are we talking about today? Today we're going to know your adolescence and kind of that um, 13 to 18 range. Yeah, that's where all the uh, confusion hard stuff goes down. Uh, so... Let me ask you, whenever you think of a typical, cliche, cringy movie teenager, what do you usually think about? Uh, they're clumsy, they're awkward, don't know how to speak to anybody, and a lot of times have quite the temperament. Yeah, I can uh, remember a couple of times tripping and falling and then just being mad at the ground, you know? <laughs> so, you know, that's talking about a lot about going into our... Uh, certain types of domains especially the physical domain can you uh, elaborate a bit more on that like especially with um the difference between like boys and girls i know there's a lot of different stuff there yeah during this time there's a, a lot of different changes that are going on especially from about ninth to tenth grade which is where you'll see i mean most of the major changes that is going to happen for yeah. boys they uh they're going to start changing their voice sound different their emotions are going to start to kind of settle down but at this time they're still full of energy super confused uh, and during this time also females mature a lot faster yeah yeah that's i you know i usually think during this time this is about the only time a girl could probably beat a guy in basketball <laughs> well probably not me i have no game but let me tell you like Whenever I was in that range, you know, a lot of girls were a lot taller than me. So I usually just thought, you know what, don't even try because they're just they just look over you. It's hard being a short king sometimes. <laughs> I grew out, though, so I'm good. Yeah. And during this time, too, uh, boys tend to look a lot younger mm -hmm. than their female counterparts because, again, they just happen to be maturing a lot faster during that developmental period. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that usually, uh, you know. It makes them think about themselves a lot, and sometimes it can create a bit of confusion, sometimes a bit puts you in that emotional state because of their hormones and whatnot. So that goes along into our next domain, which is emotional. Yeah, in that emotional domain, a lot of stuff is happening. You're developing more complex feelings, having stronger relationships, better friendships, and your relationship with the teacher is becoming more complex. You're getting to understand their position a little more as they just, you know, bloom a little. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of chemistry going on there. And oftentimes, especially as a teenager, we ask ourselves, why are we in this mood? Well, now that we're out of this mood and we understand the chemistry of hormones, we really can't tell you because I didn't pay attention in chemistry. Uh, but anyways, we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll kind of uh, come past this. And then what how about their movement? You know, usually when you're in this emotional, confused state and then your body's still growing, you know, typically there's something uh, in the way for you. And it's usually yourself. Can you tell, elaborate on that? During this time, you're, everything's getting larger. Your arms are getting longer. Yeah. Feet are getting bigger. And you just don't know how to use them yet. You're going through a whole new stage of development that you haven't been used to for the past 12 years. And it just creates a lot of interesting new problems, especially when it comes to marching band and how you can get super frustrated because 
you don't exactly have mastery of your own limbs anymore. You have to relearn everything. I remember when I was in middle school, about seventh grade probably, we got brought on a parade to go marching downtown Little Rock, some Christmas parade type beat. And I had to march with a French horn. <laughs> Not a mellophone, but a real just French horn. Mm. And it's just, it's a lot of things going on in your head. Yeah. Because you have to think about staying in step, staying in beat, and playing in tune and in time. And during that period of time, it's just so hard to do. So, I mean, there are wrong notes everywhere. There are wrong steps. You're tripping. Definitely. It's just all a struggle. Yeah. I was lucky to uh, play keyboard. And uh, so marching was never necessarily something I had to worry about. But I've definitely seen... A lot of accidents, especially with the color guard. The color guard's something you gotta be dang, watch out for. But uh, them and the trombones. Yeah, but moving on from that, uh, you mentioned that like there is a lot going on inside that head, especially a teenager's head. Uh, can you give us a bit more understanding of what is going on inside a teenager's head? This is going into more of the uh, cognitive domain. Yeah, well, during this time, you have a lot more abstract thinking, and your frontal lobe is developing a lot more as we're soon approaching adulthood. And just after all these years of being in school, you know, it gets to be a little lot. You're losing those synapses, nerves. True. The pruning, as it's called. <laughs> and through that, uh, you're just not making as many connections. So you actually have to start working to soak up all of this information getting thrown at you. And I, I do know, especially during this time, sleep is very important. Yeah, uh, that's something we uh, did not touch back. That goes back with almost like our physical and motor domain. Wouldn't you just love like four more hours of sleep? Dude, I stayed up it's way too late in high school every time. Every single time. Four more hours would have been a blessing. I'm telling you, I was in a football band and I, and I had a job. Think mm -hmm. the earliest I got home was 8 p.m. and then I had to wake up at like six. Yeah, I pretty yeah. much rocked the same exact schedule except I'd get off at 8:30. Yeah, so it's kind of flip flopped and like when we go into more of uh, the kindergarten and ages and whatnot, we'll talk about how they actually don't need all that much sleep as they are given. Yet they gave us nap time then. I know, but not in high school. But not in high school. It is weird. It's but rude. let's move on to our next subject. Uh, Talking can be hard sometimes. Talking yeah. can be hard sometimes. Uh, even if you just speak one language, you can get your words jumbled up any kind of time you want. But that's not only just what it is. It's not always just your how you speak, but it's also your body language. It's how you approach others and whatnot. Can you give us a few examples of that? Well, uh, I know you really want to create a safe space for your students during this time. Because they're going through a period of self-doubt, self-worth, all of that, that sometimes they're even scared to ask questions. True. And because, well, you got to formulate this complex thing in your mind that just seems scary. Yeah. Especially during this time when you're so insecure. But creating that space for students to not feel scared to ask questions. Um, and also body language is a big thing, and you have to pay attention to them. Yeah, my, my teacher, whenever I, every single time I have a lesson with him, he, he always knows when I get timid and whatnot because he, he's so good at reading my body language and whatnot. That's what makes him a professional. So that that is where the most 
uh, identification of a person's emotion comes from it, in my personal thing. But with that little skill, you usually have a bit of a grasp into the social range of things. And so that, is, that also flows back into our next one, which is social and emotional domain. Yeah, and that social domain, I mean, you can see how it affects your students as they're becoming more social and more outgoing. Because you see these uh, strong friendships, too, that you can tell when they break apart. Like if yeah. your student has a breakup, you'll see them walk in and they're just not going to be acting the same. Mm. You've got to be there to be able to assess that situation, see what they need, and be able to help them. Yes. Be it if they need some time away from the class in a playing setting to go sit maybe in a closet to recollect their thoughts or... You know, if they need more playing, more of a distraction away from whatever they're feeling. But during these times, it's just everything is heightened, and it's just super important to check on their well-being and know these signs as they're showing more. Yeah, and uh, usually with your socialness and whatnot, some kids, they don't have the, uh, the motivation to go through and go into a classroom all the time and whatnot because usually they don't have friends or they usually just don't have anybody there to back them up but sometimes on the other case you can have a solid friend group or maybe even that one teacher who really motivates you to move on into the future i know i've had plenty of motivation to become an educator like i'm trying to right now and i think that's the same for you really so can you just hint on um, adolescence and uh, motivation? Uh, well, bouncing off of that, why we're here to be educators is there was that one person or persons who inspired you, who was there for you as a, a teacher and as a role model that inspired you to want to be able to change, like for others, to be that person that guides you along in your life's journey and uh, that's such an important part of being a teacher here and it's important to also set boundaries because I mean they are like they're not exactly your friend true (laughs) they are your student and you have to set certain boundaries but at the same time still be that role model be that solid rock for someone uh, because you just never know the situations they could be going through at home they you know could be missing a parent that causes them to not have that kind of guidance or role model yeah. there, or just a whole slew of options. It, it really is a gray area, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Can you uh, tell us who, who uh, motivated you to be where you are? Uh, for me, I mean, there were multiple instances throughout my educational career, we'll call it. Yeah. Uh, go back to the, the first one in fourth grade, which was, uh, yeah, just gone. But that'll be for another episode. But in high school, it was Ben Light. He was my high school band director who just, he completely changed the program. Showed us exactly what a good leader can do to something. We went from a seven-kid high school band to 140 under his leadership. And just showing the connections that he made with the students, the retention he was able to create, and just the safe space he created for all of us students. Yeah. Well... I'll be honest with you, not everybody really has that, but on the other hand, I'll be real with you, my motivation was my mommy. I just want to give a shout out to my mom real quick, thank you. Uh, yeah, do you have any, 
uh, additional things you want to say? Uh, I just think that this is an awkward period of your life. That things are going to be strange. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, that's just the biggest thing, that things are changing. Life is strange. Life is hard. But you eventually you figure yourself out through the guidance of mentors and those around you. Definitely. And if they're good, they will help shape the way and lead you to a better future. Yeah, I definitely think the worst thing a teenager could do coming out of their adolescence is keep this uh, introverted mindset. Don't get me wrong, being by myself watching a movie with a whole thing of popcorn for myself is great. <laughs> but whenever you need help, you need to have the skills to go out and reach others. And so that's something I really encourage any of these listeners here today. Thank you for listening to the NNN Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Nick. All right. Thank you for having us.